You are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. How's everybody doing? Just checking. Just checking. Anybody want to take a FaceTime phone call from us anytime soon? Uh, be warned, if you do, I'm probably filming it, so... Uh, hey, we, we actually are showing you these, these videos for purpose uh, because uh, if you're real, you understand that relationships can get real. <laughs> can anybody enjoy just an awkward laugh here and there? You know, just embrace. I know you're sitting next to that person that you're in a relationship with, and uh, man, sometimes it's just not that easy. And uh, anyway, thanks to Tom and Kristen, they, uh, they, they got real with us, and I filmed it. I did ask him permission to show it, and he edited it, so uh, he's in control. But he did skip Sunday, so <laughs> never again. Uh, but we're in the middle of a series called Us, and what we're trying to do is define the relationship. We're, we're trying to kind of put parameters around what we think a healthy relationship might just look like. And we believe that relationships will define your reality. And uh, we believe also who you know will determine your future. And your future will shape, will be shaped by the relational decisions you make today. And I think in the midst of those relationships, honestly, uh, if you want to flourish, let's just be real. And let's not only be real with each other, but let's be real with God. Can I hear an amen? Uh, so here's the deal. I like just kind of throwing this disclaimer out. Uh, this series isn't just about married couples or dating or whatever. Uh, no matter if you're a mom or your dad or you're a child uh, or you're engaged or, you know, <laughs> uh, you're on the rebound. I don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, uh, but no matter the scenario, there's something here that I think we can grab a hold of and apply to our relationships. And so we just, we just kind of want to talk about it. And that's what we're doing. And so if you have your Bibles, would you open up to John uh, chapter 15? What I want to do is just kind of dive into uh, this portion of Scripture and begin to just kind of see the relational connection that there is between God and man. Not only between God and man, but also God and his son, Jesus, and how that relates to us and what we could apply to, to really walk into more healthy relationships uh, that we uh, are currently in. So uh, what, it, what it says here in John 15, chapter, uh, or, yeah, chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Before I continue, I want you to go ahead and just see the relational aspects of what he's talking about. Jesus is saying, I am the true vine and my father, God, is the gardener. And then he continues on and he says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Can everybody say, ouch? While every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he prunes so it can become even more fruitful. And then in verse 5, it says this, and notice the relational connection. Again, Jesus says, I am the vine, and now we, you, are the branches. And then he says this, if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, 
you can do nothing. Now, I think it's pretty easy in the context and the world we live in to buy into this idea that relationships are the context where we consume the fruit. I think the biblical example of what we're reading here is relationships are the context in which we're called to produce fruit. Can we have an honest moment here? Don't raise your hands. Just kind of smirk slightly without letting the person next to you see it. But how many of you entered into a relationship expecting that that relationship was going to fulfill and maybe complete you and meet every need that you have, a.k.a. consume, a consumer mindset? But the truth is this, I, I, at least I believe it, is a relationship is where God has called us to produce. He's called us to just go ahead and lean on him and lean on each other to provide something that's more than just what we need, but ultimately feeding and producing life in one another. Can I hear, hear an amen? I believe, I believe that relationships are meant to, uh, really meant for refinement and they're meant for growth. Let's continue on. In verse 9, it says this, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And then Jesus looks at those that are listening and he says this, now remain in my love. So let me just go ahead and bring this to kind of a little bit of a linear process. God says, or Jesus says, I am the true vine. God says, I am the gardener. And then he looks at, at, at his crowd and he says, oh, by the way, I am the vine. Remember that. And oh, by the way, you are the branches. And then he says this, he says, Lean into me, stay connected, begin to uh, uh, understand the relational connection is what ultimately is going to begin to feed into a healthy future and relationship. So just as I have, the Father has loved me, I have loved you. And then he says, remain in my love. And so that's what I want to answer. How do, how do we remain into Jesus's love? And this is just a great time to just pause and just remind us that the love that Jesus gives us is free. We don't have to earn it. We accept his salvation, his grace, his mercy. That's all free. At the same time, I believe that Jesus is looking at us and say, hey, you know what? But it's, it kind of comes down to you and whether or not you want to stay with that love. And we continue in verse 10, it says this, is in order to remain in my love, then uh, you need to keep my commands. And then you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands, remain in my love. Now just think about that Jesus, the Savior of this world, the Son of God is saying, I followed the gardener's commands. I followed what he's called me to do. And I think if, if you're anything like me, when you hear this follow my commands thing, man, I don't like being told what to do. Anybody agree with that? Yeah, come on, we got one honest man right here. Okay, let me see a few more. I don't like being told what to do. And so this scripture 
is, 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 is something that, that, man, I kind of like toil with. It's some, some kind, you know, I, I guess I would like to explain it away. I'd like to just come up with another concept to say, well, isn't there another way I can just kind of be in love with you, Jesus, and you in love with me, et cetera, et cetera. But he makes it pretty clear. In fact, I like how this commentator uh, writes about this verse. He says, how do we remain in, in Jesus's love? He simply says this, Jesus's love, remaining in Jesus's love is just simply spelled out. If you obey my Father's command, you will remain in my love. Remaining in the Father's love was not for Jesus a passive thing. It involved obedience to his commands. Now, what I want to do is just rephrase the word a little bit of commands because it helps me and I think it would help our modern day context uh, because I think a lot of times when we hear commands, it's like, woo, you know, laws uh, and fences and boundaries. Those are things that we, you know, kind of like feel restrictive. And I don't think that was God's intent. I think he was trying to create fences around our life in order that we might find the joy that he desires and the fulfillment that he has for our life. And so let me just say it like this. I believe that God's commandments could be viewed as clear communication. If you want to be in a relationship with me, this is my clear expectations. How many of you know that there are unspoken expectations in your relationship? There's just certain things you don't do. Y'all know what I'm saying? Let me just give you a, well, let me just challenge you to try something. When I say try it, please don't, okay? <laughs> How many of you have a favorite coffee shop, okay, where that barista might know you by name, and if they don't know you by name, they'll know you by drink? I want you to go tomorrow to that coffee shop, Jen, okay, and I want you to order your drink, and, and when they hand it to you, and they just do it in such a nice, speedily way, uh, I want you to, to ask them real kindly, can I give you a tip? And when they reply back, yes, I will take that tip. I want you to lean in and I want you to give them a kiss on their cheek. And then what I want you to do is tell me whether or not you believe there's unspoken expectation that no matter what type of relationship you're in, there are fences and there are boundaries. And guess what? They aren't all bad. Can I hear an amen? Please don't kiss your barista. Thanks for making this awkward, Andy. We appreciate you. But I think that we can all look at our life and have moments that stand out where it was awkward, like the moment that Andy's trying to create for you guys. Or maybe expectations have not been met. Or maybe you've been disappointed. Or maybe you're the one that's crossed the line or someone's crossed it with you. And there was a scenario a couple years ago that I, that I happened to be in. And I was in a hallway at a building filling up a water bottle and it, I w- it was just a normal day, filling up my water before going into a class. And a gentleman had walked by me who I knew, and he was older than me. And he just looked at me and, like, gave me this smirk. And then he said something that he shouldn't have said. He crossed the line. And he looked at me, and he goes, you know, you just make old men like me wish we were young again. Barf. And, you know, we can laugh, but, like, the line was crossed. There was this unspoken expectation. There was boundaries. He was dishonoring. He wasn't respecting me, you know. And I think sometimes we can have a thought, 
And you can have the thought, but what are you doing with it? Are we putting it into action? Are we living it out? And that's just a, one example but of just, you know, creepy status, basically. <laughs> but I think that when we look at our relationship with God or the way that God wants us to live, it's not supposed to be different. God gives us boundaries. He gives us these parameters, and we can look at it as rigid or just like, oh, there's just a bunch of rules. But God wants us to experience a full life. He wants us to experience a life of freedom, of joy. If you jump to verse 11, it says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. God wants us to live a life of full joy. And even, I didn't say this last hour, but I was just processing of when I have applied God's law or God's rules or just like look to the Bible and how that has affected my relationship for the good, it's actually mind-blowing the difference of when I'm doing it my way or doing it the way God's calling me to live. I think back to when Andy and I dated, you know, we dated three and a half years, you guys, three and a half years. Maybe you're like, that's not that long. To me, it was really long. And why I always think about it being so long was that we had really strong boundaries. We created, you know, we looked at the Bible, we had conversations immediately. And in the past, I didn't follow the boundaries that I knew that God was calling me. And it was how we were going to treat each other, how we were going to honor each other. It was our physical parameters. You know, we waited until we were married and it was not easy, but it was three and a half years of saying, we're not going to live in the moment for how I feel like we're going to live past this. And I just think that maybe you can look at your own life as there are moments in your life where you've struggled or you're doing it your way, but maybe challenging yourself, like what is God asking of me? And so another time, has anyone been to the Grand Canyon? It's epic. Has anyone brought small children to the Grand Canyon? Like, I'd highly advise you, like, just wait till your kids are, like, 20. You know, we, we made the mistake of we thought five and, five and eight were great ages to go to the Grand Canyon. And so we, we you know, parked. We put Keza in my baby carrier, and we're like, this is going to be epic. It was horrible. It was so beautiful, but we, I mean, I know there was a little bit of fencing happening here, you know, some parameters, but it was way too much of a free playground with massive, humongous cliffs for my children to fall. And I just think that, you know, the Grand Canyon, we learned that day, it is beautiful. There's so much freedom, a little too much, you know, and I just think that God wants us to sometimes look at our life or apply that. Just think Grand Canyon, small kids. There's, there's a little bit, we got to have some limitations here. And if you go to verse 12, it says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. God wants us to love each other better. He wants us to love ourselves and he wants me to love Andy. He wants me to love the people around me. And so it's just a way to apply God's law, God's principles in our daily lives. So we thought, you know, you hear from us a lot, but there's also some wisdom in some little ladies that we're raising. So we interviewed our two, two of our three daughters. They are seven and almost 10. And so you guys want to hear some cast wisdom on the 10 commandments? Yeah. Hey guys, thought it'd be super fun to interview a couple special ladies in my life today. And what are your names? Who are you guys? Zakaya Novakas, Z-A-K-I-Y-A-H-N-O-V-A-C-A-S-S. Zakaya Novakas! Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, your turn, firstborn. 
I am Zion, and yeah. So every relationship has expectations. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yes. So earlier today, mom and dad asked you to do something, didn't we? Okay, so did you write out a list for me? Yeah. And the list is Zion and Zakiah's version of the Cass family. 10 commandments. Would you share them with us? Yes. Okay. Don't be mean. Don't exclude other people. Be nice. Be nice. Good job. You need to stand out. Be tough. Tough. You have to be a Packer fan. Be trustable. Clean up after yourself. Listen and obey. Love one another. Give your sissy. You have to be weird. Weird. Give us an example. Okay, sit down, kid. My turn. Okay. You have to be a friend. You can kiss a frog. Kiss a frog. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Have you had friends that kiss frogs? <laughs> yeah, they have a Don't be bossy. Are you ever bossy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, at least you're honest. Be nice. Bossy, you bossy, you bossy. Oh, you we're bossy. bossy. All people. And God is bossy. Too. God's bossy too? How is God bossy? Because everyone's bossy in the state. Minnesota, in the state, Africa, Minnesota. Alaska, Asia, Earth, and Mom. You have to spit on a hand. Then you have to high five. Okay, let's do it. Ready? Spit. <laughs> we handshake. We gotta do it again. Do it again. Ick. Okay. Ready? Go. <laughs> okay, no more spinning. Are we go? Oh my god. <laughs> Don't jump in the fire. Don't jump in the fire. That's not one of them. Uh, can we hear it for the cast, ladies? Our, our second born, Oof. super shy. When we were filming, she says, Mom, I want to be a famous YouTuber. So that's her goal. Pray for us. Anyone want to do the spit handshake? Oh, yes. Spit high five. Seriously. Uh, so this whole Ten Commandments and God's expectations, his, his uh, boundaries, his, his fences, right? A lot of times we have negative connotations to it. And as I've mentioned in past messages, we believe that the second half of those commandments relate to our human relationships, that horizontal relationship. And I, I just think there's wisdom to lean into those. But if you're anything like me, I just don't like being what's, you know, what to do, number one. Number two, like, I don't really like negativity too much. And so, like, when I read... Uh, those scriptures, man, sometimes I struggle with them uh, in, the, in, the, in the Ten Commandments because they're written in negative. And then also the double let down is like, I feel like, man, God's like trying to like, you know, contain me, you know. And at the same time, there's wisdom in it. And so I just to make it a little bit more understandable, maybe more positive in our life uh, and, and applicable, uh, what I want to do is just quickly talk about the last five of the Ten Commandments. And the, the next few weeks, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about some of them. Uh, but, but these are the, the five that I'm talking about. Uh, it's murder, 
Uh, don't, or don't, you know, please don't commit a murder. Uh, don't commit adultery. Uh, do not steal. Do not false witness or, uh, you know, false speaking. Uh, and, and don't uh, covet. And, and let me just rephrase those uh, in the positive. I think God's called us to be a person who gives life. That we're more interested in adding to life instead of, instead of subtracting from that life and that relationship. Can I hear an amen? amen? That was a great time to do that so the person next to you know that you love them. Uh, <clears throat> adultery, man, I think it has a lot to do with commitment. I think when, when we talked about, when you were talking about us dating for three and a half years, uh, you know, here's the deal. I think our commitment grew time and time, and it came to this place where we were ready to commit the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it came out of uh, trust, trusting each other and having boundaries, as Christy had mentioned. Uh, for stealing, I think it comes down to being a person of trust and integrity. That's a good thing. We should want to do that. Uh, false speaking, I think God's called us to, to be honest. And that's why I'm calling us to be real, not only with each other, but then also God. And I didn't mention this last hour. I have, Christy doesn't even know this. But every time I take my eldest daughter to come and help set up way early in the morning, on the way here, I always say, hey, Zion, let's go ahead and let's just pray for Echo today. And I said, hey, why don't you kick it off? And so this is what her prayer was. God, would you uplift Echo? And I, amen. You know, I was like, okay. <laughs> anyway, I tell you that because I looked at Zion and I was like, what do you mean? Like, do you know what that means? She goes, no, I've just heard other people said it before. <laughs> Which is awesome. At the same time, let's not be fake. Let's talk to God in an, in, in, in an honest way. You know, there's, there's something to be said about that. And I just think it was cute that Zion said that I couldn't not somehow get that involved in the message, even though it had nothing to do with pretty much what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, man, being a person of, uh, of being grateful. Uh, is, is coveting is being, uh, the, the positive is being a person that has gratitude and, and, and satisfaction with what you have and what God has given you. And uh, just to give you another picture of those last five commandments, I believe if you really look at it, when God's talking about murder, he talks about how it starts with the mind. You want to talk about adultery. It starts, I think, with the, with the eyes, trust and integrity. And we talk about that stealing component. Man, that's like a, a sin that can happen with your hands and the foul, false speaking that's obviously with your mouth. And then we talk about that coveted nature coveting someone else's stuff it's really comes down to a heart issue and so man how cool is it that God understands us he understands the uh our physicality the things that we see and then also the things you can't see the soul our mind and the battle that that rages within it yeah and if we look at all those words as far as like giving life and what we're doing with our mind and what we're seeing with our eyes and what our heart says and what our hands are doing all of those things the common thread that I see is the word honor. And if you look at the 10 commandments and just applying honor to your life on a daily basis it will change your life. And I think a lot of times honor, it can be easy if I'm like super happy with Andy. I mean, I will honor you and I love you. You're the best husband when you bring me flowers on Valentine's twice. Yes, that's a good one. Randy brought me a bouquet as well. Inside joke. But, um, but no, for real. But when, when it's 
you know, it can, sh- it can shine when we're all happy and things are going great, but when it really matters is when it's not shiny, when things are hard, and I'm still honoring Andy, you know, because you are my husband, we've made this vow, and so how am I going to treat you? How am I going to respond versus react? And I think that a lot of times we can justify I can justify like, well, I feel this or you did this, so I'm going to dishonor you. Or maybe you're at work and people are being super negative in the break room or you're with a coworker and you're running errands or you're doing something and it can just go sour super fast. So like, how are we responding? And I think it can be two things. I think of times in my life where maybe I've gotten myself in trouble because I'm running my mouth or I'm giving attitude or what my body language is. But sometimes if I'm when I evaluate my life, I actually do the opposite. Like I can be dishonoring by shutting down. It's, I'm not, well, I'm not saying anything, but my body language, you know, like I'm like totally like going into like, I'm not going to be around you. I'm going to ignore you. I'm totally shut down. My back is to you. Or you've like walked away from a relationship because you're like, nope. But I think that God is asking us, like, it's, what we're doing with our words, but how we're treating and like getting it out too in a healthy way, being self-aware. And so that's just something that we want to challenge you guys with is the word honor. Yeah. And I, I just sense, uh, and at least the way that I have studied scripture, I believe that honor is, is kind of like the gift bag that carries all the other commandments in it. If, if, I mean, you talk about being real, if you haven't really applied yourself and received God's love and let him continue to do the inward working of your mind and your heart, man, your mouth, your eyes, your hands will never be that influenced. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And I think yeah. it all comes into kind of like a, into the vein of, of honor. Is, can we be people of honor? And Christy, just real quick before you run off, um, you know, I know we're talking about marriage relationships, but honor in the workspace Honor in, you know, in a neighborhood or honor, you know, any kind of thoughts on that? Have you? Yeah, I just, that was me. Hello, sorry guys, habit. I thought I was running off. No. No, but I, <laughs> we're sarcastic. I, love you. Love you too. Um, no, I think of many times where I know that I'm being challenged to lead the way when I have worked in public places and with coworkers of not partaking in the negative chatter. Any of you guys have negative chatter at work? No, never. But I just think it's that giving someone the benefit of the doubt or going straight to them. One of my biggest pet peeves is the people that sit around and they're just talking the same story every single day. And it's like, oh my word, I can't handle this anymore. I remember physically when I worked in a salon here in town and it would just get super negative in our break room every day. And they would kind of tease me because I would find myself up in the front hanging out with the receptionist if I didn't have a, a hair client and just cleaning or greeting people or checking the coffee, just doing things to keep busy because I just found myself like I can't be around this negative chatter. Even though if I'm not speaking up, I'm around it. And so I just think of those type of things of, the honor your boss, honor, honor whoever's authority to you, or honor your coworkers, honor your family. It's across the board of just like, how can I live a life where I'm making a difference and I'm not being a part of like the negativity? Yes, thank you. Let's hear from my beautiful. Can we honor my beautiful wife? <laughs> uh, what I want to do is just for the next few minutes, I want to jump into Matthew 5. There's a story 
uh, and, and, and well, there's more than just a story, but there's a, uh, there's, there, it's really a, a Jesus is looking at the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. There's this reference, uh, and, and a lot of us, we have a perspective that Jesus abolished the law, that, that he just answered it all, and we don't need to think about it anymore. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that we have in the modern day church and faith. Uh, because in the Sermon on the Mount here, in, in verse 21, uh, he begins to make reference to murder. In fact, for the next few weeks, we'll talk about this chapter, uh, Matthew 5, because there's a lot of depth that he brings and maybe a little bit more of an understanding uh, to those Ten Commandments. So this is the context in which Jesus says we should handle this concept of murder. In Matthew 5, 21, it says, You have heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who uh, murders will be subject to judgment. So if you've murdered, there's judgment. We all know that, right? But then he says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And then it goes on and, and, and just kind of, it's really like a basic thing. But it, he says, if, 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 one another, if you've said to someone else, Raka, which just means fool, you are in dangers, you're in danger of the fire of hell. I mean, it's, it's like, this is not an easy scripture. And, 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 and Jesus is trying to paint this picture that we can be so prideful that we haven't like literally killed our kids or we haven't like, you know, like disposed of our neighbor or our coworkers. But Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? There's something deeper in here that you need to understand. And let me just say it like this. I believe we will never be people of honor if we're brewing and we're reminiscing and we're letting this revolving cycle of anger against someone in our life. Y'all know what I'm saying? And if we really want a healthy relationships, it starts with the mind. There are certain things that, you know, depending on what context of a relationship you're talking about and someone says something someone does something maybe it's an unspoken expectation that they're never even meeting maybe it was communication communi- communicated but it you were completely taken advantage of i don't know what's going on there i can just tell you this Jesus' answer to have life with a positive boundary is to be a person that forgives. And he makes such, like, such a heavy, uh, he uses such a heavy illustration that he says, he says, if you have called someone a fool or you have, you've wronged someone or, or vice versa, versa and you've come to bring an offering you've come to worship God in Jerusalem okay that's the context he says this he says therefore if you are offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you he says this he says leave that gift leave that place of worship and first go and reconcile with them and then come back pick up that offering and offer it to the Lord 
Jesus is talking to most likely a Jewish group of individuals that are living in Galilee. I don't know if you know this, but Galilee is about 80 miles from Jerusalem. So Jesus is telling a bunch of people that are in Galilee that if they were going to offer a gift or a sacrifice, that they'd have to travel 80 miles (laughs) to go worship. And Jesus says this. He says, you Galileans traveling 80 miles, you remember when you get to Jerusalem and you're about to offer something as a sacrifice, as an offering of worship to me, stop right there, travel back 80 miles. Go make things right with your brother or your sister and then come back and offer the sacrifice. I think 80 miles is hard for us to understand because we don't walk that much. You know what I'm saying? So I got to thinking, I'm like, what, what does this mean? Uh, in those days, in the, in the contour of the landscape, and it actually a very, very extreme uh, type of hike from Galilee to Jerusalem, uh, I can approximate that it would take four days, and it would, at best, they would travel 20 miles through that day. So it would take them four days to go back to Galilee, and then after they made things right, guess what happened? Four days back to go worship. But, you know, again, we don't walk that much. So I started thinking about, like, what would that mean if we jumped in the car? Well, we'd travel four days a week, and we'd travel for eight hours a day. And what that would do is that would get us from Rochester to San Diego. And so, in essence, Jesus is telling the modern-day listener is before you worship, if you remember you've got a problem with your brother and sister, go travel as far as San Diego and back via driving, make amends, and then come worship me. Now, if you're thinking about plane rides, you know, again, this is, I kind of geek out. Some of you like, are like, this means nothing to me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It would be the equivalent of traveling to South Korea. Which would be safe to say that what Jesus is saying, travel around the world, the full world, to make it right with the person that has hurt you or that you have hurt. Will you close your eyes? Will you just bow your heads just for focal reasons? This is a heavy, heavy scripture. and We're all really excited because we walked in here and we hadn't murdered anybody. The problem is that some of us, we've already murdered them in our minds. And I just sense that God is in the business and giving some of us a relational reset. God is in the business of giving us a fresh start. And I believe it starts with forgiveness. If some of you in here, you have been abused, you've been mistreated, and by no means am I saying that's okay. By no means am I saying that's all right. I'm not downgrading Uh, the ways that you've been victimized, but according to Jesus, he says to forgive. He doesn't say walk back into that relationship and be abused just like the way that you were abused. What I am saying is if it's it's a battle of the mind and if you want to find freedom, you want to live within the boundaries of relational joy and, 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 and relational freedom that God wants for that relationship, then it starts with forgiveness. And then second, I believe that uh, this type of making things right 
lands on your shoulders. It lands on us making the first investment. We as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we can't expect someone coming to us to make it right. We've got to follow Jesus's lead as our savior and say, if you made it right and you took that first step, then we're going to do the same thing. Let me pray for us. Jesus, God, there's a heavy message. Because the reality is, though, God, I believe that there's people, there are people in this room that have experienced horrible things. There are some of us that have experienced lesser things, but nevertheless significant in our life. And God, we've been harboring bitterness and angst and anger and unforgiveness. And Jesus, I, we just take this as a reminder God, you have called our worship to a whole different level. God, you desire healthy relationships. We believe that it starts with the mind. And so today, God, by your Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Will you stand up? Uh, we just sense that there's some of you, you walked into this place and you feel far from God. In fact, this type of message is completely out of reach because you've never received a love like this. You've never received forgiveness like this. And we believe the key is Jesus. And he invites you into a relationship with him. And there's not one prayer that can get us into a relationship with God, but it's this attitude of saying, God, you know what? Regardless of whether or not we have it all together, we choose to follow you. We decide to follow your lead. We receive your love, that free gift, and we ask for forgiveness. And I just feel like there's some of you that need to join us in praying this prayer for the very first time as we pray this often. Echo, will we pray that with people today? Uh, go ahead and pray this with me. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. And everybody said, amen. We love to celebrate when we know that there's people maybe saying that for the first time. Let's celebrate with those people. Thank you so much for listening to the Echo Church podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a second to share it with a friend or family member who might need to hear this word today. And if you're feeling alone, lost, have a question, or want help with anything, please reach out to us. We are the echo.church slash contact. We would love to help you no matter who you are or where you're at. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to that website, wearetheecho.church, to get all the details and upcoming services and events.